Welcome back to the Health Mastery Show. In today's episode, I have on with me current WMBF world champion in men's physique, Chris Elkins. Chris and I met for the first time in 2019 at a natural bodybuilding show in California, and we've stayed in touch ever since. And I'm really, really glad that we got to line up this banger of an episode. You can expect to learn Chris's training and diet regime, both in the off-season and in preparation for competition, his thoughts on supplements and testosterone replacement therapy. We talk about the effects of social media, the pressure it puts on people, and often how it creates unrealistic expectations for a lot of people who get into weight training. We also touch on the topic of body dysmorphia and never feeling like you're fully satisfied with your physique and how to overcome that and much, much more. This episode is sponsored by me. If you're interested in improving your health, optimizing your physique and improving your body image, then click the link in my bio and we will have a chat about one-to-one tailored coaching. But without further ado, let's get into this episode with Chris Elkins. Yeah, yeah for, for those who, who can't see the camera, um, you have uh, some sort of plaster on your nose yeah it's a split and um you know i was assaulted uh about a week ago but i'm in good spirits things are going well life is good yeah 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 it's it it looks like it's healing up i saw the the photos you sent me last week it was it was pretty bad yeah yeah i mean it honestly it could have been so much worse i was in hawaii and um my friend and i were just in the wrong place at the wrong time with some aggressive guys and they got jumped by a handful of people and uh broke my nose but as soon as i got back to the mainland. Um, I had a friend who works at a plastic surgery center. I was able to get in just two days later. They reset my nose. And um, just yesterday, I was allowed to go back to the gym. So I was at the gym for like 10 days, but um, with traveling and getting jumped and everything. So, yeah. but very happy to, you know, be back on the, on the gain train on the road to recovery. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make up for all that lost muscle for the last 10 years. <laughs> I, it's funny because I really felt small, but then when I left the gym, mm-hmm. I had like one of the sickest pumps I've had in a long time after not training for 10 days. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. Probably just like a little bit deflated. Yeah, that's how like, I felt. But then I left like, and, I, and I took a picture and I was like, oh, I look better than I thought. Should probably take more ten no, no, no. periods <laughs> off. All right. <laughs> Matt Ogus will tell you that that's a good idea, but I just can't do it. I, I just like training too much. It's like it's really good for my mental health. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How did you get into training? Uh, so I was doing a lot of rock climbing back in like 2011, um, 2012 indoor rock climbing, like bouldering and um, like top rope, and I just really enjoyed it. And then at the time, I was running an office and. Um, One of my employees, I was a branch manager for a tech office in the Bay Area. Uh, We would play catch with football, and he was really good. And he broke my my left pinky throwing the ball. Like, I just feel like such a loser. And uh, I had to get surgery on it because it was uh, an oblique fracture. So they put in two screws. And when I tried to, after I rehabbed it, which, you know, took me almost two months, I I went back to try to rock climb, and it hurt so much. Um, And I, but I really liked the way I looked from doing rock climbing. So I just went on the internet and I was like, man, I guess I'm going to start lifting. I was I lifting weights a little bit, you know, because rock climbing is only pulling really. Mm. Um, so I, I was going and doing like chest and shoulders in the gym anyway. And uh, I was like, you know, I want to I want to still look fit. I was like 27 or something. And so I went online and I looked for a, a, like the best, the most efficient routine. And I found Kino Body way back then. And I was like, man, OK, I only have to lift a few times a week. Um I, if, if I start fasting, I'll get shredded, like thinking in my head, like I didn't even have enough muscle to do that. But um, I just remember doing all that and I, and I went through all these things and I found like 
Um, do you remember Martin Martin Birkin? I forget how to say his last name, but yep. yeah. So I found yeah, his website, yeah. and then I found the Hodge twins. Lean gains. Yeah, yeah, and then I found the Hodge twins, and then I found Matt Ogus, and then by like 2012, I had watched um, a bunch of Matt Ogus's 2011 contest prep, um, Matt versus Mayhem for the Muscle Mayhem, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that this was even a thing. I didn't know natural bodybuilding existed. I thought you had to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, or I had heard of. Uh, Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman, but I wasn't like a bodybuilding enthusiast or anything. I just thought you had to be huge and on steroids. But when I found out that just an hour away from me in Sacramento, because I lived in uh, Fremont Bay Area at the time, uh, they have a bodybuilding show w where people are not using steroids and it's actually drug tested and that I could maybe be competitive. I was like, yo, sign me up. So and I, I joined 3DMJ and I met you and the rest is history. Nice. So you competed pretty early on. Yeah, I didn't waste any time. I was kind of dumb, like, you know, naive thinking like, oh, I'll just do one. So I bulked for like four months and I gained 25 pounds. Um, I had never really. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I, and I, to be honest, it didn't look that bad, but I had never really um, been in a uh, intentional calorie surplus. Um, so it was an interesting experience. And um, I started prep at like so I got down to 140 doing the fasting and everything, not really like using my fitness pal, but not really knowing what I was doing. And then I went to 165 in four months. And then I went from that weight all the way down back to like a little under 140, but I looked completely different. And I had a great time. I did four shows that year, 2013, my first season. I worked with Jeff Alberts, uh, the Godfather, and we had a great rapport. And I just, I did well in every show. I was like, I ended up this is the crazy part. I ended up um, competing at the Mayhem in 2013 in the same class as Matt Ogus, and he won, and I got second. And I was like, yo, we've come, like, full circle. And, you know, just from there, I just kept going. Nice. That, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize you you started lifting so late. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, to... I wasn't, like, a complete non fit person you know i did stuff i did a triathlon yeah. i did a half marathon i was in the marines uh, but i never lifted consistently for more than a few months at a time just because i didn't if i didn't have a goal i just would go to the gym and then i would get bored and quit or i would lose my consistency or that had no accountability you know so giving giving myself that uh bodybuilding show as a goal and then hiring a coach was a game changer for me mm. Yeah, I, th I did my first show in 2011 as well, actually. I was 21. Oh, wow. um, it was here in Ireland. So th those natural bodybuilding shows weren't, didn't even exist in my country. I did like a fitness yeah. show. Uh, the guy who beat me was like, you know, 3D delts, like veins, like the size of my fingers, you know, just like, you know, it was an untested show. Um, I think I came second out of two people. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I think they, they started natural bodybuilding shows like 2016 or something. When like did that. you join 3DMJ? Um, 2014. Okay. So actually what the the experience I had was like, I used it. I wanted to work with Lane Norton. The, the way that I found bodybuilding was like, uh, I, I kind of felt I the same. I, started, I actually started the gym when I was, <laughs> yeah. When I was 16, I remember my friend, we were walking back from the gym and he's like, do you want to look like Ronnie Coleman? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe. So like, I thought that maybe like I keep lifting. I look like Ronnie Coleman. They were selling this thing like NO Explode or Cell Mass or one of these BSN supplements yeah. in the gym. And I was like afraid to buy it because I thought it was like, you know, like steroids and powder version or something yeah. like that. And, and then like, I just, I just got like decent results. I obviously had a decent response to it. And then I started 
I, I want to work with Lane Norton, but like I think his prices were like I don't know two thousand dollars or something. I was in in college, had no money, and I worked with one of his actual clients. He was a pro natural bodybuilder at the time. He doesn't compete or anything like that anymore. And then my first realization after that was like, I just like lost like so much weight for my first show that I like binged right after the show and I put on a ton of fat. Yeah, that happens to when a I was lot 21, of I was, yeah, I was 21. I was like pretty caught up in my, my self-worth was like really caught up in how I looked. And when you gain like 20 pounds of fat within like a month or two months, I felt like absolute shit. Like people are like, show me your abs. That's how you did a bodybuilding show. I'm like, damn, I'm like. 19% body fat or 20, whatever yeah. it was. And and then I started working with Jeff then at that point, and he kind of really did drill into me the, like the long-term pro, process. It wasn't so much like, exactly. Yeah. And then that, that's how I kind of got into the, the bodybuilding thing. And it wasn't actually until my third bodybuilding season that I actually did natural bodybuilding. Not that I was like not natural. The right. other shows, it's just that it wasn't available for me. I did uh, something called WBFF. I don't know if yeah, you've heard of, of it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, you you have a good look. I went to Canada. You have a good look for that. Yeah, I, I didn't really like the um, I didn't really like the fact that they're like there's the whole pre show was all about like how to like how these people who have like some of them had like a, say like a million followers like some of the big right. WBF people they were not like monetizing it. It wasn't really about like the show. It was just like it's all more like like how to monetize yourself. And I was, yeah, like, I do feel like it's over. Like I know I have a client. Um, I helped him do some posing and he became a pro, but it's super expensive uh, for WBF. Yeah. You, like it's ridiculously yeah. expensive. And then, you know, while I think it's cool to implement like the whole fashion thing, um, I'm just not a big fan of all the posing, the like the how the fitness guys and even the muscle models, their posing is a little weird. You know, the criteria is a little too loose in my opinion, which makes it, it's already a subjective sport. So when you make something even more subjective, it's uh it's difficult to know what they're looking for, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what I found. I found that like, even in the, the fitness category, like uh, at that stage, I knew like, okay, the steroids are like rampant in bodybuilding. And some of these guys were like nearly the size of IFBB pros in bodybuilding. But then in the fitness category, even those guys were like, you could tell, right. You, you and I probably have a good eye for like, yeah. who's, who's probably not natural. Okay. There's some people who look good, right. That are, are natural that you, you would know, but like some people were just like, jacked out our minds like sh shredded really hard and right full. and i was like i have no chance of like even competing here i think i came eighth out of like 20 people. i mean that's not bad but, considering like, that most of them are yeah. not you know considering most of them are enhanced yeah but and i did find the whole thing was like so expensive it was like 500 dollars to enter you got to use their tanning service which was like 200 dollars. you gotta like oh, and then you had to rent a three-piece suit and then you needed a costume yeah. and like you got to stay in their hotel oh, wow. um, that they rent. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like badmouth it, but it just, I didn't have a good experience. And then when I found the natural bodybuilding, there was a lot more camaraderie. Um, like everyone's there to compete and everyone knows how hard it is. And like, everyone like realizes that there is this other choice that you could make. That's not natural bodybuilding, but you choose to like forego, like getting absolutely jacked for the like, I guess the internal benefits as well that you get from natural bodybuilding, like you could obviously be a lot bigger, right? If you, if you weren't natural, if you went down the other route, you could probably do well in the IFBB. IFBB. And I, I, I guess it's I a could, good segue. You know, like, you never know, but I, I think it depends how I would respond obviously, but yeah, I think there's potential there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's actually an interesting point. I, I wonder, first of all, did you, have you ever thought about it? And if not, uh, why? 
Yeah, I honestly have not ever really seriously considered it just because, you know, I'm 38 years old now and it's like, while the only time I ever think about it is when people ask me about it, like right now or, you know, on social media, when on Instagram, people are like accusing me of already being on steroids. My son, he's 12. He's, he has a really funny sense of humor and he's always like, well, now that you won uh, the world championship, you should like document yourself using steroids and show them that you are natural. And I'm like, I don't need to do that. <laughs> like, can I just, can I just try to defend the title a couple should, times? Yeah, I should. <laughs> you should, you should use steroids to prove that you used to be natural. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> that, that would, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, that, that, that would make a good series that, that it is becoming a lot more transparent. There was a lot of like taboo around using it. And that's like, I, I guess it's probably the Olympics, right? Cause it's like Ben Johnson from Canada. I think he is like, he cheated. Right. And like, to be honest, probably 75%, if not more in, in the Olympics. Will use, yeah. I don't think, like, some I don't want to say none of them, but I don't think very many of them are lifetime natural. Like maybe in competition, they're, they're clean, but you know, it's no, um, there's a there's a performance enhancing benefit to these drugs which is why they all take them you know so whether it's recovery or uh uh vo2 max or whatever you know i mean look at lance armstrong he was on everything so um and then obviously everyone in the ufc is most likely on steroids as well you know whether they're in competition clean or not is i guess a different story but yeah i don't know i just well i think it would be a great story and i do think that it's cool that it's more um you know, more accepted now to, to not lie. Like, I don't, I don't think people should lie, but at the same time, I also don't think that these younger guys that are doing steroids in order to turn IFBB pro or whatever, I, I think sometimes them being so open also encourages other people that are younger, that maybe haven't been mm. lifting as well, that are nowhere close to their natural potential to start using drugs at an earlier and earlier age. And then same thing, like, you know, how you mentioned when you were 21, your self-worth was like, really tied to your, uh, your body image. And I think that is happening more and more, especially with TikTok and social media now than ever, especially for men. I mean, for women, I feel like it's always been an issue. Like magazines have put out this image, yeah. but, but nowadays, you know, you go on TikTok and you have all these like 18 year olds that are shredded. And now they have like chronic low testosterone because they're walking around a 7% body fat year round when their set point is like 15, you know? So mm. it's, they're just starving themselves. And then they're, smaller than they could be or their potential they're not reaching their potential so then they then they have low tests and then they use trt and then they use steroids and then it's like just the whole thing you know i just i feel bad for these guys honestly i didn't have to grow up with uh, i'm 38 so i had social we had some form of social media it was aol but like it was different the yeah. pressure was not the same you know yeah it's it, it there, there's definitely just a lot more like a bigger pool and a bigger reach and like everyone has a microphone like everybody everyone can be a content creator now and just it's it just opened it up to so much more physique i think i i like mentioned it on social media before is like when i was younger obviously i'm bigger than i was like 10 years ago but when i was younger i was accused of like steroids like semi-frequently but now i like don't really get it that often and it's like but i'm bigger it's like it's just because the amount of people posting their physiques and like younger people who are using like performance science and drugs is just skyrocketed or at least if it's if, if it has increased the at least the 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 amount of people who we can see um has increased because before like you said what it was like my like myspace i think that's the first one that i <laughs> yeah. dabbled with 
be, I don't know if you had Bebo, but uh, we had something called Bebo. Um, then Facebook, I guess. But even with Facebook, it was like you post a photo every like few weeks. I, I think when my first, very first show, I posted one photo and that was after I completed the show. That was it. Now you've got like Instagram stories, TikToks. Yeah, every day. All, People all are these, creating some yeah, type exactly. of content, whether it's, you know, short form or an actual post or whatever. But yeah. you know what I think, what, you know, it made me think about it when you mentioned how you're bigger now. Um, I, you know, I love Alberto Nunez. I think it's funny how he has become like the standard now. So if someone's bigger than Berto, they're on steroids. And if they're smaller than Berto, oh, then they're really? natty. He's like the, the standard. Like if you go to Reddit or whatever, you're like, no, that's Alberto Nunez. He's a natural legend. Oh. If he's, if he's smaller than him, he's, he's natty. And if he's bigger than him, then he's on steroids. <laughs> the funny thing is like, he, he's actually like what? 140. No, no, he, he um, barely had to dip into the one sixties or I'm sorry, one fifty nine okay, to get um, like completely shredded for worlds this year. So he's, he's added a few pounds to his stage weight, but he's also yeah. like, I don't know if five, nine and a half ish or something like that. He has a really big head. So I feel yeah, like so his it, body frame is closer to five, seven, but, has a big head so he's like five nine and a half <laughs> was like a beavis and butthead those guys um, i love i love Berto. yeah not talking shit yeah he, i think he just turned 40 no, he, he, yeah he, he has an amazing physique and like the you know, iconic photo of him like doing the most muscular um it's funny though because because this he's like yeah that uh, most the hands class yeah. for the crab yeah, whatever great Be, because this there's so many people posting online, but yet we still only get like a certain, we can only fill our like 16 by nine screen or wherever it is by with so many photos or videos that like that, what we see is becoming more and more like the, it used to be maybe like the 1%. Now it's like you're getting the extremes of the extremes. And an example that I get, which is pretty common is like, I work with men and um, some of them are like aware of natural bodybuilding or some of them like follow you and they're like, Oh, I, I, like I heard Chris Elkins, he's like natural. So like, I want to, I want to look like him and that's fine. But like, I have to remind them, like, you know, Chris Elkins is like the world natural champion in bodybuilding. It's not like just because he's natural means that like, you can just achieve that in like 12 weeks. You right. know, he's just like guys, like the top physique in the world. So it, it's funny just because like, it's because we're like, accustomed to seeing this extremes people just assume and this is like what i probably had the challenge with when i was younger is that like i felt that like even though i had a great physique and my body fat wasn't higher than my peers it was just like because i'm not like at the standard that i've been like seeing all around me all the time i'm feeling like my self-worth is less you probably experience the same right a lot of the clients that you work with they want to look like similar to you yeah like, you know amazing some shape. of it is crazy because i have some clients that i think look incredible and i tell them like man you look great and they're like uh oh, you know i don't look as good as you and i'm thinking like bro you actually do like we just have a little bit different insertions but like you have great abs you have a good chest you have great arms like i wish i had arms as big as yours like but they just don't see it. Like no matter how much I like body dysmorphia is so real. And no matter how much I tell them, like you look great, bro. Literally like maybe not like stand on a stage because of certain proportions or whatever, but like you look better than 99.5% of guys out there. And they just don't see it. Like I think Phil, I didn't watch it, but I saw there was a thing and it was Phil Heath talking. And he was like, I have, this is the eight time Mr. Olympia. He's like, I have body dysmorphia. I feel small. I feel fat. I feel that. And I'm just thinking like, yo, this is absolutely nuts. This is the quote unquote greatest physique, maybe ever. Like if you go look back at him in like 2011, 2012, like that was probably the greatest physique of all time. 
in Olympia standards, like if you took his prime versus Bronny's prime versus Arnold, you know what I mean? Like he might technically be the greatest of all time. And he doesn't like the way he looks. Like, that's just fucking crazy to me. Like, is that not crazy? Yeah, it, it is insane. Yeah, it's insane. And like people comparing themselves to like to the absolute best, it's probably not healthy because like only one per only one person can be the best. Like you, you could be number two. Like no one remembers who was number two in the you know two thousand eight. Hey, I was number two in twenty twenty one. All right, I remember. I lost by one point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, 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 so some like fanatic. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're right. They'll, Nobody remembers them. Kai Green, he was number two a lot. People remember him. Yeah, it's probably Ronnie or or Jay Cutler for like ten years, but or Phil Heath one one two or three. But what I'm saying is like you know no not everyone can be the be the best. And like you said, some with the clients that you have, like all right, they're not objectively gonna win the WMBF worlds, but they're like top zero point one percent physiques in terms of you know body fat and muscularity in the world probably or for people at their age or in their country so it's just yeah it's sometimes you get way too caught even up crazier is some of these like, guys could actually go pro in natural bodybuilding but they don't think they look good enough to even compete so it's like yo what yeah. are you talking about you look so good uh, mm. i mean i don't know i don't know how to like fix it you know obviously like my i'm not a therapist but my job definitely crosses over that line a lot because i i have i built such good connections with my clients that we have these deep personal connections and, um, you know, I, I don't know, I really do love my job, but I really also wish that people could be a little more grateful for, um, all the work that they put in. I mean, it's not easy. And if you transform your physique from looking average to learning about nutrition, and now you have a control over your own body composition, and now you've built a significant amount of muscle mass for your frame, it's like, bro, be, or ma'am, be proud of that. Like you did a good job. Like you look great. Um, be grateful. Mm. yeah no i 100 percent agree and it's probably it's like you almost have to experience it right like you you and i have experienced it where we've achieved like really high level physiques for, for everyday people but yet sometimes you still feel inadequate and it's not necessarily you know getting your biceps an inch bigger that's going to bring you that confidence all right it, if you are like out of shape and you're not living in line with what you value of course eating better training and exercising is going to make you feel better but like to a point, if you're already like pretty lean, you've got decent muscularity and you've got a great physique, like getting it 5% better is not like probably going to be the problem while you feel. Right. It, it's inside. It's mental. And, and I do understand that I'm not the norm. I think a lot of people feel the way Phil Heath does, especially competitors and especially in the off season. Um, I, I actually don't mind my off season physique. Obviously I'm, I'm objective about it. So like if someone wants to take pictures and I'm at, 16% body fat, I'm not like as excited to do it as if I'm at, you know, 8% body fat. So I'm, I'm objective and people might misconstrue that as me having body dysmorphia. That's just me being objective and having such a really high standard for my own physique, having seen it at these extreme levels of both body fat and conditioning. But, but I really am happy like with how I look and like I posted a picture yesterday on my Instagram story and I was like, you know, even at, um, 17 pounds over stage weight and i just i i don't i like how i look i don't mind like um yeah. you know girls like how i look better when i'm heavier anyway and uh you know most people honestly probably do like it's kind of gross being seven percent body fat but i love it obviously like i love the I, way it looks i thought i thought you looked terrible bro <laughs> i mean i gotta say <laughs> i'm just joking but oh yeah j j just to touch on that like do you like you 
I think a lot of people don't realize what age you are. They they probably think like you're like 28. How old? 38. Are you? You're, you're I'll be 39 man. in August. That's great. Once you hit 40, man, you're just gonna lose all that muscle. <laughs> but um, so that's not true, guys. Head, don't don't head, believe it. Yeah, I'm getting better so every year. You, I'm getting better. Yeah, I think that's a huge misconception that people people think is like, oh, I'm 30. Like I'm I'm 30, so it's like. Um, it's all down here. I actually think that's here. a big it's, selling yeah. point um, in, is that I started so late. You know, I didn't really start uh, competing until I was almost 30. And I didn't start lifting consistently until I was like 28. You know, I, was like, I think my first show in 2013, I was 28 turning 29. So, um, you know, a lot of people think that that's impossible to do, you know, at such an advanced age, your late 20s. But uh, yeah, while I would have liked to have started earlier and I could have had more success, I think it was honestly a perfect time. Everything, you know, happens. I don't know if everything happens for a reason or whatever, but I'm just saying like, I'm glad that I started when I did and that, you know, things have worked out really well. And I feel very grateful and blessed to be where I am. And I, I it was literally my 10th year of competing that I won the world championship. So that's kind of cool, like the 10 year mark. And maybe it's better that I didn't win in 2021. I lost by one point. Maybe it's better because then it's still like, a, it, it made me hungrier, you know, it's like fueled some for the fire to, to push myself that much harder in 2022 in order to win. Um, and, and while it was still a really close show, I think I did look better. My posing improved a lot. Like, and then, but you know, to be honest, I think I could have won in 2019 if my intestines didn't flip in a knot and ended up in a hospital a week before the world championship. I think, I think I could have won in 2019 so I could be, but, and I think I would have won in 2020, but then it was canceled because of COVID. So it's been a, a battle trying to, you know, get this world championship. And so to have finally done it, mm. um, it just feels amazing. So how do you stay like in this shape at 38, almost 39 years old? I mean, the average Californian at 38 years old is probably 220 pounds plus, like has as long since accepted his faith as being fat because he's over 30. Oh my God. Um, so how, how do you, how do you stay in shape? Like uh, this you, is a you, beautiful you picture that you're painting of the, the yeah. average man, yeah. but it's so true. But I don't do anything differently, man. I just go to the gym and eat well. And do you track your macros? Not enough, all, all the time? No. And what what kind of calorie? Do you have certain rules? I guess you're you're not just eating potato chips. Yeah. I mean, no. You know, right I yeah. I have built good habits because I've been. Whenever I compete, I've uh, you know I've developed these habits from, um, basically prepping almost six months out of lately it's been every year but um you know every other year before that and uh you know it's just instilled in me good habits and i have a good relationship with food and i don't have i'm i'm fortunate where i don't have this crazy appetite it's, unless it's like a couple of weeks after you know getting lean enough to do bodybuilding for physique i actually don't even binge afterwards i could maintain pretty close you know i'm fortunate where the body fat is in my lower body so um it's not even as uh tough for me honestly and um you know, a lot of luck, a lot of luck is involved in this. My appetite is good for my, good for my frame and my activity level. And when I travel, I actually lose weight a lot of times because I'm so much more active when I travel versus here at home doing a podcast with you. I'm sitting and I'm doing this, you know, the majority of my day besides going to the gym. So I'm, I'm not super active. So yeah, as long as I just don't eat too much and I just um, eat foods that I enjoy, which just also happen to be relatively healthy. Uh, I, I do quite well maintaining my, my, so like a slow rate of gain 
Um, I, I started tracking macros on Monday, so two days ago, because, um, you know, my, my um, supplement sponsor, Core, has an event May 20th, so it's uh, May 3rd today. So I, I've got about a little over two weeks. I want to just cut maybe five to six pounds to come in a little tighter, and then I'm going to go immediately right back to gaining for two more months or so, and then start prep at the end of July, I think, maybe beginning of August, depending on how I look and feel. And how do your calories look when you're cutting and what's your activity levels like? Do you do you do cardio or do you track your steps? Uh, you know, I just got an Apple Watch uh, like a year and a half ago. So I started looking at my steps and I'll be honest with you, on a normal day, I'm like three to 4,000, so pretty low. Uh, during prep, you know, I'll, I'll start walking more and try to aim closer to 10K on certain days. But uh, I'm, I'm so intuitive with it these days. Uh, when I, I usually start, prep at around the same macros like 55 200 carb 55 fat 200 carbs 180 protein roughly and then um i don't honestly don't have to make too many changes from there like maybe i'll go down to 175 maybe i'll add a couple cardio sessions a week um last year i, I didn't do very much cardio at all just um you know i kind of enjoyed the summer and i did like some activities i did paddle boarding a few times went on a couple hikes like i i, I know i made it sound like too easy but it, it's really like this is I did 30 shows so far now and I've just gotten really good at it. Yeah. So what's that like 2,200 calories or something like that? Uh, 1,900 roughly. Oh yeah. So it's still like relatively low. I, I mean, it's not like super low, but like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a, person probably like, let's say I start prep at 160 pounds. What is that? It's like 13, three, three times, 16. Yeah, like 13 times my body weight. It's not for, for my activity level. I think yeah. it's actually a decent amount of calories. Yeah. I, I mean, that's actually a, a really interesting point is your body weight. I like people, they way over or uh, way underestimate the amount of body fat that you have to mm -hmm. lose and what weight they actually have to get to in order to look the way they, they think they want or the way they do want to look. They, they think like, you know, I'll be 190 pounds at like 7% body fat. It's like, Unless you're like six foot four or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, or you just or have the biggest steroids. like West Nigerian frame. Yeah. It's most likely it's yeah. not going to happen. You know, uh, a lot of people, especially that are like five, eight, five, nine are trying to tell me they're like, yeah, I want to get to and right now. They're like 160 at 15% and they've been lifting for a while. And they tell me, yeah, I want to get to 180 at 8%. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know how to tell this guy this, yeah. but this is like unlikely. I'm not, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's unlikely, you know? to gain 20 pounds of body weight and lose another 10 pounds of body fat. Like that's 30 pounds of lean body mass. Yeah. And you've already been lifting, maybe not perfectly, yeah. but you've been lifting for a couple of years. Like it's probably not going to happen. So I just tell people like, Hey, yeah. stop putting so much emphasis on the scale and just focus on progression, like getting better, getting stronger in the gym, making progress. I mean, you, you know, obviously you know how it is. Mm. Yeah. I mean, people yeah they again it's just the probably the social media mm -hmm. right it's just they just their expectations are just extremely high for a lot of people because of comparison you know and they say comparison yeah. is the thief of joy and everyone is always hey chris how do you what, what what's your chest routine and i'm like bro i do the same thing you're probably already doing i'm i do you know incline dumbbell press flat barbell bench press doing some cable flies like i'm not doing anything that is unusual. I just have good chest insertions and my chest has responded very well. Oh, but honestly though, for me, it's my, um, leverages, I think because my arms are so long 
I get a ton of adduction when I do any kind of pressing movement. So um, I think that's probably a, a big part of why my chest looks the way it is. But anyway, all that being said, I'm not doing anything crazy. Like I'm doing my normal things that these guys are doing too. I'm just been very consistent with it and have fortunate genetics when it comes to that. That's a really, really good point. It's great to hear you kind of say that. It's like, People are like, it's probably like what you fell into, right? When you were 27, you saw Kino body. It's like, oh, I got to gotta fast. I got to train three days a week. And I got to drink some Pellegrino water. I could <laughs> do the hot oh, compress on my face in the morning. And yeah, I didn't yeah. do any of that and stuff, then, honestly. Like, I didn't believe in any of it. I just did the, I just yeah. worked out. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's like a super big selling point, right? Is people have their unique, like a training method, like system or methodology. They look insane um because and they probably didn't build their physique using their system or whatever and then they'll sell the system like look no hate on keto body but like yeah you know it's like he's doing super minimal volume right. some people will do well but most people are going to need more volume than that i agree 100 percent. most people will need more volume. Yeah. I, you know i like greg a lot i think he's a great salesperson he doesn't really say anything that's too wrong you know like you know yeah, like yeah. i'm not i don't think fasting's optimal as far as uh building muscle but I, I i mean there's nothing like inherently wrong with it either if that's if it helps you with your adherence and stuff and i just think he's an incredible marketer and salesperson but um you remember we were mentioning how like you've grown in these last 10 years but now your physique is less impressive because other you know so many more people now are posting their physique and kids are starting at like 12 years old and <laughs> training they've been training 10 years now and they're 22 it's crazy i think greg's physique has improved a little bit but like I don't, I think it's no longer that impressive, you know, like I've no offense. I've like passed that in my head now, but that this was like the standard when I started, yeah. I was like, yo, this is exactly how I want to look. You look so aesthetic. And then now I'm like, oh, I feel like it looks kind of small. I want to be bigger than that. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy how as time goes yeah. on, um, you just, everyone has improved just, so much. Yeah. With, with the advancements in like training or like the science being practiced or nutrition or, you know, everything like, combined. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And people just getting into it more. It's just like, you're getting the people who have the good genetics out. They're coming out of the weeds and like 22 year olds are now just insane. Like, like Alec Cuban, this guy looks incredible. Guy. I believe that he's yeah. natural. I think he's a good guy. He's, uh, um, I think it's cool that he's, um, stayed natural, that he's always talking about God, which I, 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 uh, like, and I relate to that. And I, um, you know, overall, I think he's a good guy. It's just tough because he has such a big platform. He's got like 2 million followers on Instagram. Um, so many people are going to compare themselves to him. And he has fairly good genetics. He has a great transformation. Kind of like David Lave, you know, same, same idea. Um, it's just, you know, who knows if how their mental health is going to pan out. And if he's like, because it's tough, you know, you post online and you get 100,000 likes not, not me personally, but this guy. And then, you know, what if the algorithm changes or what if like he's no longer feels fulfilled by this? And then how do you get that same like dopamine hit later on in life when you're getting like, say 4,000 likes or something, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be, I just think it's tough, you know, um, it's a tough career for a lot of people, especially if you don't have the right mindset. Not that he, not that he doesn't, he might have a great mindset. I'm just saying like in general, you know, it could be hard for people. Yeah. When you have all your, Again, the same as like your physique, right? Your self-worth based off of something that's maybe out of your control. Right. Obviously, your physique is, but like it will get worse 
get worse uh, objectively speaking or subjectively speaking as you get older or like if you get injured the same as like if you're if the algorithm isn't favoring you anymore uh then you know it's probably like, very similar to like a boxer or a ufc fighter who is getting closer to retirement or picks up a few injuries and yeah. can no longer get that thrill of walking out in the crowd and competing um you know at least at least that it's like performance based this is not even really it's like you just posting photos on the internet it's you know and but you're getting uh, probably getting a very similar feeling from doing so you know what i mean like i don't know it's interesting like the psychology behind it all so validation right people a lot of people telling you that you're like you're worth something, yeah I and i think you know what that's and, and i was gonna say i think that's a big part of why i um do not have body dysmorphia i think because i wake up every day and tell myself like Sounds so fucked up when I say it out loud, but how how good everything is. Like, dude, you look great, man. Like, I tell myself these things because I believe it, and I'm like, like, dang, looking good. And I'm like, you know, at the gym, flex in the mirror, like, yeah, looking good. Like, things are going well, and like, life is good. And I think the more you have these positive, and I really don't mean to do it in like a corny way, and I don't post about this very often because I just think it's so corny. But I, these these positive affirmations come from inside of me, and I don't always share them out loud, but I. But I just think they make such a huge difference. And um, I, I went through a little bit of depression recently, um, like 2020, 2021. I was going through some rough issues, rough times in a relationship I was in and had um, a lot of breakups. And I started doing a lot of therapy. And, and I've had like five different therapists for different reasons, like a couple's therapist, individual, um, a therapist from the VA because I was in the, the military. Um, and then, you know, another different, th anyway, every single one of them goes back to gratitude and saying like, you know, I want you to, I don't like journaling, but they're like, I want you to journal. Um, I, before you go to sleep, I want you to write down what you're grateful for. And it was like a big part of, you know, I guess improving your mental health. And, um, I didn't realize that like, I've always done that. And so when, when I stopped doing that is when I started feeling a little bit depressed. And I think it just made like such a big difference in, um, how you feel. Mm. yeah that that's it's great to hear that you're feeling you're feeling better now and it, it's 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 nice to hear that you're you've given that you've so much followers and that you do so well with your physique in, in a subjective sport that you don't hold too much stock in that and it's, i think that's one of the reasons why i personally didn't do steroids um because I, I know that it can be done safely. Of course, you can use a doctor. You know, I could pay someone to, to do it properly. But when, when I did feel those lows um, when I was 21 and I was like really was like considering it, I knew the only reason I was doing it is, wasn't because I wanted to compete in untested bodybuilding. It was, was because so much of my self-worth was tied up in how I looked. And having more muscle wasn't going to solve that problem. Yeah, that's a great just, point. Okay, 20 pounds heavier for my muscle. It's like, that's not going to solve my problems, you know? So it's like, and that's where sometimes people can get too caught up in just how they look, especially if you're trying to compare yourself because you're, it's just only going to get worse. More people um, on the planet, more people have access to photos right. that can post stuff, more people with better physiques, but yet where the, the, the window we're seeing is- Yeah, and especially if there's like a career the in this. So like in the past, all of these top physiques would go into some type of, you know, performance sport like football, basketball, whatever. Um, now because fitness has become a bigger career, you know, with more people getting involved in fitness than ever before, you're seeing more of the freak genetics, um, you know, but not, you know, again, not all of them stay natural. Like a lot of these guys with crazy genetics end up competing in the PC and the IFBB. So, um, but yeah, I agree. I think we will see more and more 
ridiculous physiques uh, on the internet as time goes on. But uh, like what what you did mention though is um, that is the only reason why I would consider doing steroids is not because I want to look different. It's because I would want to be competitive. I like I'd want to you know do well in the IFBB if 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 I were going to go that route. But I just don't think it's worth it for me at this point in my life at 38 years old and um, with everything that I've accomplished in natural bodybuilding and being a uh, a big supporter of natural bodybuilding. Just it's just like so off brand for me at this point now that uh, I can't see myself doing it. Even though it would be cool to see like, do you think that you like? Do I think that I could do well on the Olympia stage? Do I think I could make that leap if I gained say twenty pounds of lean body mass in the right places? Who knows? I you know probably never know. Yeah, th- those guys in the men's physique in the Olympia, their physiques their shape, their structure is just insane. Like, it's like, this is not human. (laughs) And it's interesting you say, like, who knows, like, how you'd respond because, well, yes, the people who are at the top, like Phil Heath, you've probably seen, like, the picture of him playing basketball when he was, like, yeah, he's just, like, yeah, and then he was already, yeah, Kai Green, yeah, Kai Green, people don't believe it, but I do believe that he, he competed in WMBF, which is what you're a champion in as a natural bodybuilder. I think he came like second as like when he's like 19. Yeah. As a team, he was almost the world champion to... in bodybuilding. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And then Ronnie Coleman also, who's like eight time Mr. Olympia, apparently turned uh, pro as a IFBB pro uh, naturally. And I, I do believe, believe it, it because he got so much bigger. Yeah. And some, some people don't, but like, it's not like they're the top 10%. They're like the top 0.00, like 10 zeros, 1%. Yeah. It's like, there are freaks out there, right? And there's probably more freaks that are out there that don't do bodybuilding. They're in the NFL or are in some other sport that just like don't like bodybuilding. They don't like wearing like a banana hammock or board shorts. Yeah, like, exactly. So, I mean, we see these physiques, like we see them in the UFC, we see them in football, yeah. you know? Um, and these guys aren't even training for hypertrophy, you know? They're they're like actually avoiding putting on too much muscle. Like you get, like Yoel Romero, for example. I don't know if you follow yeah. UFC or MMA, but... Like this guy, that's an absolutely incredible. Or Paulo Costa, he'd be a great bodybuilder too. He has a relatively small waist and super jacked. He always makes the joke yeah. about being on the secret juice. Oh, right. And but makes way more money in like uh, yeah, say, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. But but like then th- there has been some like WMBF or natural bodybuilders who've gone um, over to that side and over like the, the dark side or whatever, or start using like steroids, but they haven't actually done that. Not, well. Yeah. Like, not because, yet. There hasn't been a single person yeah, that has yeah. gone from uh, being a, a, a natural pro to being enhanced and then made it Olympia. As far as I know, besides Sean Clarita. No, there, there was actually one guy. Uh, oh, what was his name? 2014. He, uh, black dude. I can't remember his name now, but he, he went to the Olympia like about three, four years ago as a, is it uh, not physique? Yeah, it's, is it, what's the one Chris Bump said? Classic physique. Classic physique, yeah. I can't remember his name now. Um, but yeah, he, he came, he won the WMBF Worlds in like 2014 or something like that. But anyway, he, he came like, you know, 15 hmm. or something. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Sean Clarita is obviously, it just to show he's, he's the number one, yeah, you know. Um, yeah. And, but he's been, you know, on the, in the IFBB for so long. And now he's a two time two twelve yeah. champ, which is incredible, especially he's only five foot two. It's just crazy to see like his progress. Yeah. Um, although I personally am not like a huge, like, I just don't like the look, you know, honestly of open yeah. bodybuilders and then super short 
212 bodybuilders. I just think that they're too, you know, they don't, they're not athletic. They're too bulky, you know, no disrespect. I think it's incredible what they achieve. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty difficult lifestyle when you're off season, you know, when you're not like, imagine how uncomfortable it is to like, just wear clothes when you're like shredded. Imagine being like 30, 40 pounds. Then reach your back. It's summertime. Yeah, it's, you're sweating. You're wearing these clothes that like like Nick Walker, you. for example. Like they, it just can't be a uh, a comfortable life, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's certainly not a healthy one. But I, but I know that these people aren't. They're not advocating that they're doing this. Yeah, I mean, I think they're there was a because I saw a statistic saying like if they asked uh, whatever percentage of Olympic athletes if they would take ten years off their life to take a drug that would guarantee them a gold medal and. Almost every single one of them said, yeah, of course, absolutely. Because they've already dedicated so many years to this, whatever their craft is in the Olympics, you know, their their specialty. And so I, I don't know that I would say the same, that I would do that. Like, Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, that's why I don't hate on it because it, it's for competitive reasons these people want. Like they want to do whatever it takes to an extent to win. And I know that it's like it, there has been bodybuilders that have died at a young age because of like – heart problems or yeah we've had a lot recently and you know it's sad but i I mean they knew the risks i guess that's all you can say is that like they they knew what they were doing so i don't know i mean they probably don't i don't know if they have regrets or don't have regrets or what's interesting and do you uh because you're like 38 and you have a decent amount of muscle mass do you ever get your i don't mean to keep reminding of you that i mean like you're only a couple i'm 31 so you're seven years older than me but do you do you like get your testosterone? Like, do you have higher low testosterone, or like, do you do anything? Like, do you take any supplements like ashwagandha, or have you ever used? I any, love like, the way you asked it. So you know, be, since you're old as as old as dirt, <laughs> are you still able to get an erection or what? <laughs> uh, I, I think maca powder helps. I, that. I did my um, blood work uh, a year ago with a company called Merrick Health, and um, they actually have a I have a, like a discount code with them, so you can actually get some money off if you if you want to do blood work with them. I, I didn't do it with any intention to do TRT. I just wanted to see where I was at. So I was like two or three weeks into prep last year and my total test was like around 550, which starting a diet, that's not too bad. Um, yeah, Mid- middle. Yeah, road. middle, yeah. 250 to 1100, whatever. So not high, not low. Uh, could be better. It probably would have been better if I wasn't in deficit for three weeks already, you know? Um, maybe it's around six or something, who knows, right? And then, but what I thought was super interesting, because I don't think I ever had it tested before, my free testosterone was 21 and a half. And normal is like, uh, I don't know, four to 20. So I was actually above the range for free testosterone. And I was like, oh, and everyone says like, that's actually more important than your total test, because that's what can actually be used to build muscle. Yeah, because the testosterone is binded to protein, so it's freeze. Mm -hmm. That's and then I actually did one more did... blood blood work with them right before I did NPC Nationals. After so this is uh, my dumbass did one more show after the World Championship, and I pushed myself so hard. I was doing like two hours of cardio every day because I wanted to, I wanted to do bodybuilding too. And I did, and I you know I looked okay. I wasn't like super happy with how I looked, but I wasn't upset either. I didn't. I got fourth place. Top two would have been an IFB Pro Car. So a little bit of a bummer. This is my fourth national NPC National show. I've actually put that on the the back burner, so I'm not planning to try for that again. Uh, specifically this year, because the the co-owner of the WMBF said, um, if you're promoting your own show, which I am in September, uh, September 16th, I'm doing. It's called the NorCal Natural Championship, 
he said, uh, I can't allow a promoter to compete in another organization. So I promised him that I wouldn't, uh, at least this year, I wouldn't do NBC Nationals to try to get an IFBB Pro card, even though it's on my side quest. Yeah. You know, life is like an RPG. So yeah. anyway, so where I was going with that is I did uh, blood work right before the show um, in a pretty depleted state. And my f total test was like in the 400. So it wasn't, maybe it's was 380, something like that. It wasn't that low. It like back in the day, like, I don't know if you remember, but in 2018, I got down to 42. Like, that's like less than a girl, you know? 42. Yeah. It, uh, Derek, more wow. plates, more dates, actually made a video about it saying, like, uh, I actually think it's natural. This is why it, it's crashed because he's been dieting for almost a year. This is when I did 2018 Worlds in Bodybuilding. Uh, I was waiting. This guy's officially a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it bounced back immediately, honestly. I gained 15 pounds like in a week, and I was like right back to being horny. So, libido went back to normal. And why do you think it, why do you think it was so low? I was doing a lot of cycling um, on a bike, like a like cycling no, a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I was riding like 150 miles a week. It's not good for your testosterone in general because of the seat on your yeah. nuts. And then I was the heat. Yeah, your ball. You yeah, and I was also yeah. the leanest I'd ever been in my whole life. Uh, I had glute striations. I just I thought I looked honestly incredible. Maybe maybe a little over dieted towards the very end. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, and I depleted three days in a row with like no, no, actually maybe more, like maybe eight days in a row with no carbs towards the end. Um, it was just rough, rough prep. Wasn't sleeping that much. Had a lot yeah. of work. I was getting a lot of clients at the time. And I mean, I still am getting a good amount of clients, but my sleep was all just jacked up. And yeah, so a combination of all of those. But yeah, so this last time I was so pleasantly surprised. And um, even though I pushed myself and got down to like 142 pounds and I was doing a lot of cardio, it still was nowhere near as low as it was in 2018. And, um, and again, I recovered from that prep like almost instantaneously, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. I think I got mine tested in 2013 or something like that. Actually I competed in 2013 first time, not 2011. Um, and yeah, mine was, it was straight later, after the show. Made, and I was, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I couldn't remember, but, uh, I did like a photo shoot in 2011, but, uh, in 2011, when, when I got mine tested, it was because I was like feeling like a little bit like, like depressed or flat. I wouldn't say oh, depressed, I see. Like flat. It just like, it's, and I didn't know what was wrong. I went to the doctor. I was 21 and they did my testosterone. I don't know why they tech, maybe they just like checked it and they were like, yeah, it's super low. They wanted to like put me on like testosterone gel, but like they wanted to like give it a few weeks. And um, before they would like test it again. And like in that few weeks, I probably like ate everything. Inside oh, yeah. And then right. gained, like shit, shit ton of weight, like 20 pounds of fat. And then they're like, oh, it's normal again. Um, but yeah, I'm actually, I, I did get a what, test. What was it time, between the two periods? Do you remember what it was? Uh, it was like, it was, I, I can't remember exactly. They, they were like saying it's like similar to a lot. I didn't get the test results like in my hands because at the time I didn't care. Like, but I, they were saying like it's similar to like an old man. But I did get it tested then during like prep to Tezen and he, I like a diet, a few weeks of dieting and it was actually quite low, like 250 or oh, something, wow. which is like super low. And I wasn't even that lean, but like, there's not much you could do, right? You're, you're like, okay, I'm in this diet for the long haul. So I got to start dieting. But I think it was like the, the leaner you, the leaner you get and the more fat that you lose and the more aggressive, like they're all combined as well as like, like you said, sleep and stress. Excessive cardio, I I'm think definitely do plays a role too, especially yeah. You know, like me, I was mm -hmm. doing um, two, three hour long. And this is not because like 
I thought this is great for bodybuilding. I just really like riding my bike. Like I, I had a group of old guys, yeah. like senior citizens that I would ride with. We would do 50 miles and it would take us like three, four hours. And I would do that two to three days a week. And I just loved it. Like getting out there with those guys, I had so much life experience, like getting on the road, the, the fresh air, like, but it was actually terrible for my hormones for when it came to bodybuilding. Yeah. And do you do anything for like, do you take any testosterone like supplements? Like your test? Yeah. Boosters? So I recently started taking, um, uh, core nutritionals test product, which this was, has natural stuff in it, but like, um, I'm, I've been taking ashwagandha for since 2017, probably. Um, I, I take that pretty much every day. And, uh, and I, I think it does make a difference. I mean, I do feel like, you know, uh, they have other side effects too, but I, I feel better when I'm like, I feel less stressed and like, I feel like I have low cortisol, Yeah, lower cortisol when I take, um, ashwagandha. But I, I think a lot of it is You're not lifestyle eat. too, you know? Yeah. Well, do you, you don't like drink alcohol much or smoke or anything like that? Is uh, no, I definitely don't smoke, but I, I do drink in the off season occasionally. Um, a few drinks a week, maybe not, you know, I don't drink every single week either, but I, I like to go out and have fun, you know? Yeah. What kind of tips would you give to somebody like looking to maximize their, tes their testosterone levels and then like their body composition as a result? Well, yeah, you know, I, I think first you need to nail everything else. Like before you start over, um, analyzing, you know, your own to, I think you, you got to start with like, okay, are you training consistently? Are you eating well? Are you hitting your protein intake? Are you sleeping decently? Um, these are all things that are going to align to actually give you better numbers anyway. Um, you know, at the end of the day, most of these people, the number doesn't matter. It's how you feel, right? It's like, obviously a higher number might lead you to be, to feel better, but those are the, those are the key things, man. Training consistently, eating well, sleeping well. Yeah, you're dead right. I mean, the the doctors or endocrinologists they they treat symptoms. They don't treat numbers. Like I said, I was like low testosterone, and I think I even got it tested a few times. But like, I have a decent amount of muscle mass. I don't have any symptoms of low testosterone, so like, I don't need to. Or yeah, to like I mean, unless you had like really low libido or um, you know, performance issues like that, then I, I wouldn't honestly wouldn't worry about it. But if you started having those issues, then maybe I would start looking into you know just first natural supplements before I threw away my natty card <laughs> and and what kind of uh final question is like what does your current training routine look like you do anything particular any any kind of strange things that you know people don't usually do no man that's pretty much the only reason why I don't have one of these um like August daily or daily pump like Julian Smith is because I, I I really just do almost the same training all the time you know like I change up my uh my rep ranges weekly you know so i'll do like a higher and a lower uh a lot of it is you know what what i did with uh jeff and then i've you know i've written my own i've, I've been coaching myself since uh 2018 so um you know i enjoy writing training programs but for the last few years i've been very consistent with like an upper lower rest push pull legs rest and repeat with a little bit of variation on exercise selection based on different things like who i'm training with at the gym um but for the most part the fact that I record so many of my sets really lets me know kind of where I'm at without having to be super obsessive about writing everything down simply because uh, I'm recording working sets all the time. So it's very easy for me to go back and see, okay, last week I did, um, you know, 205 for 10 on flat bench or whatever, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But, but yeah, yeah, just consistency and 
con like I really intensity is everything in my opinion when it comes to training. Assuming that you're not breaking form and cheating and getting a, a spot, like if you can if you can learn to push yourself while still maintaining good form and going very close to failure on your working sets and getting good volume in, I just I I think everything else will just take care of itself for the most part. Nice. That's awesome. Nice, uh, nice wrap up. But before we finish, um, in the last episode, I spoke with, uh, someone called Dr. Peter Tierney. He was a, a sports scientist in professional sport and now works as a senior researcher in Lululemon. And he, I asked him a question for the next guest and he said, how did you get to where you are right now? That's, is that's a long, that's a short way to, for a long winded question. Yeah. And I would just say, uh, I'll, you know, I'll give you, a short answer and i would say a lot of hard work a lot of consistency discipline and a fair amount of luck as well nice and what question would you have for the next guest not knowing who they might yeah be? not knowing who they are i would say um what makes you different nice very good nice. question man. Well, like chris it. it was awesome to have you on yeah it was awesome to have you on, man. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, so my most active social media is Instagram. I'm Chris underscore Elkins, but uh, it's the same name in TikTok. You can find me with my name on YouTube as well. Same thing for Facebook. And uh, if you have any questions about anything, I try to reply to all my DMs, especially if they're serious of nature. And uh, yeah, I appreciate everyone's support and appreciate you for having me on.